Hello, everyone. Welcome to TEDx UKN podcast discovery series. I'm the host today. My name is Chia. Today we have a special guest on board. He was the founder of Project ED, an NGO to empower underprivileged students to pursue higher education, and also the recipient for Diana Award in 2019. Let's welcome Nelson Ng. How are you, Nelson? Thank you, thank you, Chia, for、uh, you know for in- inviting me. It's、uh, truly my pleasure. Hope to have a good conversation with all of you. Yeah, nice, Nelson. Do tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, just now currently twenty four, but you have like achieved so much. So, what what are you like? Just tell us about you. <laughs> no, thanks. Ah,、uh, thanks for the you know that's true. Thanks for the humble words. Um, yeah, I'm turning twenty five this year. So, um, well, I've been really passionate about education and um,、uh, truly because of my background, I guess. Mm-hmm. So coming from a、um, humble family, where you know we don't actually have、uh, enough sufficient funds for me to go through university, right?、Mm. So、um, and I was really you know、uh, fortunate because I well I mean I did pretty decent in、uh, in in my、uh, SBM in my you know in my in my exams、mm-hmm. that I could、uh, receive a scholarship that、uh, you know to, for me to pursue my A levels and eventually university. So I think that was the、uh, pivotal mom- moment whereby you know I got to understand a little bit more about hey, there are a lot of people who, like me you know who, who didn't actually have enough funds you know who dream big but don't have、uh, the financial、uh, capability or even you know, not knowing there's such opportunities out there right to to pursue their、uh, fullest potentials. Hence,、uh, eventually you know after receiving my scholarships. I started to realize, hey, maybe we can start something to do, you know, which we will discuss later on for sure. Right, such a pretty guy because I don't need to ask a question, but he already started to just come up with the story itself. So <laughs> we back to the story of Nelson. So you mentioned that you have insufficient funds in really getting into the. I I believe it's your course of the university that you got. Um, and then it it start to sparks out with the idea. Is that the the original like? Original idea of the project ED, is that? Ah,、uh, yeah. So I think、um, really, the there are two main you know、uh, inspirations that you know eventually、uh, got me to got me and my friends to start project ED.、Um, so、right. the first thing sorry is, to interrupt before that because yeah please tell us a little bit about project ED. Oh yeah, for sure.、All、yeah,、right. for sure. Um, project ED is a um. Student-led, you know, NGO which strives to tackle education inequity in Malaysia、mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is a、uh, specifically high education inequity. So by、um, two things, we do two things. So one is、uh, we sponsor students to pursue their tertiary education at pub- public lo- local public universities.、Mm-hmm. So um, second, um, we actually run workshops at rural and underserved communities so that they are more aware of.、Uh, The you know the opportunities out there. So eventually we are t- uh, tackling two problems. One is the、yeah. uh, lack of financial capabilities, and two is that、um, the lack of、uh, exposure towards opportunities post SBM. I、uh, we believe that these are the two main reasons why、um, students don't go to university post SBM. Yeah, I see. So. I've seen through some of your interview because、um, you are actually, you was actually the speakers in Petaling Street and also you speak about the concept of knowledge is free for、mm-hmm. everyone, especially students. So I believe that's what pushed you forward to really want to make education available for 
all the students, especially yeah. for the rural areas, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because we kind of, in Malaysia, I noticed we, we kind of have this um, weird phenomena. In, in urban mm-hmm. area, we are kind of flooded with information, which create anxiety. We can't get enough with the dopamine in my mind, just yeah. like keeping on with info. But at the same time, at the rural areas, we don't have this kind of resource. So um, based on what you have worked on in Project Ed for so many years, what's What's the challenge that actually Malaysia education has faced in, especially in rural areas? Right. Well, I think um, really pretty much is, um, you know, if we talk about internet, yes, it, uh, it could be a problem for sure. Um, but I do believe, uh, well, we do see, you know, uh, things like uh, students back in, you know, uh, the underserved communities, the rural areas, they don't have the internet to, to actually, you know, submit yeah. or in you know, yeah, online courses, yeah, online online modules, right? You know, assignments. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, that is one problem. But truly, I think the biggest issue here is that the mindset. So I mm. don't, I, I, I vast, I see a vast difference between the mindsets of you know, uh, let's say 16, 17 year old kid from uh, urban area and another one same age from rural area. So mm-hmm. what do I mean by that really is that, you know, when, so let me give you my example, my own personal example, right? Yeah, so sure. when I was 17 year, uh, when I was 17 year old, right? Uh, what I did after school was literally went to catch fish. And I, I came from a, you know, fishing village. Like, I mean, not really yeah. a village, but you know, a, a mm-hmm. place which is famous for seafood. It's called mm. Pontian. So we went to catch fish, you know, those fighting fish and whatnot. And went to play marbles, even until 17 year old. I, I, that was my pastime after school. All right. But people in, uh, you know, my, I'm, I'm doing a, t- a tuition now, you know, and I do see my, you know, my students who are 17 year old. Yeah, they are, you know, thinking about where to go. Uh, do I want to be a software developer or, you know, I want to become a project, uh, product manager, etc., etc. right? Or I want to become a pianist, let's say. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a vastly different mindset in, 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 in such sense, if you think about it, because yeah and i think not to say you know any either way is good you know we don't have preference of any but i think uh the the, the sense here is that we need to have that exposure for everyone you right. know, so that they have that opportunity to pursue if they wish to right that's interesting um you do mention about exposures but from my perspective from what i see in news just general news we see that in rural areas especially with those that um, are far away in maybe east malaysia they they have these kind of connection issues where we see students need to climb up to the trees mm. to receive signals to to just get attendance so yep. was that one of the big major issues that government or the rural education are facing or it's just mere that students are just catching fish they have the internet but they don't want to really access to the resource right so i think uh two types really so yes uh infrastructure issue like internet it is it could be an issue um so yeah based on the statistics if i'm not wrong we have over 90 percent of you know um areas in malaysia covered by internet we don't oh, talk about how good or bad of it you know like uh mm. 3 3g 4g or let or 5g which we don't have yet but, um, you know, like uh, it is covered. So to a certain mm. extent, you know, if students want to go the extra mile, yes, for sure, he or she might be able to get the access. Just like, you know, um, our friends who climb out the tree to, to get internet access mm. to submit online assessment, right? So, so 
that was the extra amount needed. Yes, I don't deny that uh, infrastructure issue is, an, uh, is a problem. Yes, we are facing that. But the bigger issue behind it is, uh, which people don't see often, is the mindset. Right? How many people who, who, who is from, uh, from the rural area, area who is willing to climb the extra mile, you know, mm-hmm. to, to actually climb, climb the tree, right? to submit the homework? If yeah. I was, I were, I were the, you know, the, the kid, I would say, screw it, <laughs> just not <laughs> submit my homework. <laughs> I just go and play, right? So that was me when I was 17 years old. So, you know, that, that, that kind of mindset. Yeah. yeah, screw the tree, right? And yeah. uh, one thing is, it makes me even curious because you you portray yourself as like a, one of the kampong boys, all right? It's no mm-hmm. offense, but you say uh, you just like to do with the natural things. You, you don't have actually a career plan when you are still young, 15 or 17. So what are the what are the factors that actually ignites the, the passion for you to pursue to um based on data you actually um pursue your degree in South Tempered University. So yep. what are the things that, that actually ignites the ignites this whole pro- process? Yeah. You? No, I, I actually do uh you know have a passion. Uh so I, I, I love I I love aircrafts. So mm. aviation in general. So, you know, like when I was young, I got intrigued by this uh, uh, Hong Kong drama, which, you know, which shows all this pilot stuff, basically. Uh, so okay. so I'm pretty sure you know which one. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so and it's a very famous one. So, you know, like because of that, yeah, I, I was intrigued to become a pilot. But later on, when I realized, you know, a little bit, uh, my, my I mean, I, I was considered pretty privileged, you know, to a certain extent that my dad, he, he has got a few uh, friends whose their kids are pilots. So mm. we, we had discussions, you know, we talk. And my, mm. my, my parents did this extra mile to actually bring me to, to their place to actually have discussions so that I could understand a little bit more. And then I realized, hey, you know, maybe pilot wasn't the case for me because you know, I got to leave the house, you know, every once in a while. And, you know, it's a, it's a very risky job and the, because of uh, the risky in terms of, you know, uh, Financially, because you, you, if you don't, if you can't pass the health test, you, you, you might not, you might get retrenched, etc. So things like yeah. this, right? So, so I realized, hey, I'm pretty okay with uh, math and physics and I love to do engineering stuff. Why not let me study aerospace engineering? So right. hence that led me to, you know, exploring this pathway. Okay. And, but then the thing is, uh, I didn't know where to study. Back then, you know, there, there isn't any university uh, in Malaysia that I know of. Yeah. Could, that offers uh, aerospace engineering. Right. Until, Nelson, yeah. Just one Sorry. thing, because you have mentioned one thing that I seems mm. so fascinating that makes you different from all the other kampong boy that's still catching fish. All right, it's not that not good, <laughs> but the things that your parents did, the extra mouse that they did, actually push you forward to to be nearer to your dream or found out your passionate. So was Absolutely. that? Was that the same idea that you were trying to do to do the extra miles to reaching out all the rural area students with Project Ed? And yeah. can you describe it to us? Like you mentioned about two things. Um, you did the scholarship um, funding and actually you, you, you collect all the scholars. Uh, um, everyone just donate some from all the scholars and you yeah. just funded some of the um, local university students. And secondly, you've done so much of workshops. So... Can you describe the whole process and how was the, the is it efficient to help out the rural areas in, in this extra miles? 
Right. No, definitely. Um, absolutely. I think um, you know, this extra mile is needed, definitely. Uh, so that you know, as we can see, right, especially after this COVID period, uh, we we do see that uh the gap between the urban and rural areas is widened. Mm. Uh, in terms in many aspects, you know, uh, be it financially, be it um healthcare, be it education, right? So, uh, yeah, when KL has. 90 over uh, no has more than 80% of vaccination rate we you know Sabah Sarawak maybe have lesser right so things like this so uh, if we look at it right so I think it's uh, very much needed why because and why I did it uh, in, in my aspect is in my own personal you know view is that well everyone deserves a, an opportunity to you know to pursue their uh, to actually pursue their fullest potential yes uh, and they should they have the authority and the right to understand the you know, to, to get exposed to opportunities. And it's up to them whether they want or not to choose it, to take it, right? So we don't force people to take what they don't want to, but we want to give them the exposure and let them know that, you know, if you want, this is open for you. Hence, right. uh, we did this extra mile to, you know, to, to actually, one first thing, so we run this uh, scholarship whereby we get a lot of uh, other students to actually donate 45 ringgit a, a month, which mm. is also one ringgit 50 cent a day. To actually uh, create this scholarship and uh, for students who you know who otherwise don't have the financial capabilities to uh, pursue tertiary education so these are these people are the ones who, are, who have received offers from any one of the local public universities right. may i know how how what's the numbers that have already been benefit from this score program yep so um, we have uh you know impacted more than uh well we have uh, sponsored 20 students with uh more than hundred thousand ringgit uh, being uh, uh, being sponsored to the students, so that is one end, and uh, yeah, and the other end is the workshop where mm. I find it even more interesting and more impactful. Why? One thing is, if we look at it, um, more students are being impacted. In this case, uh, we went to a lot of uh, rural areas such as Semporna, Sabah, uh, you know, like in also Johor. Uh, different different areas to actually Pahang, Perak to actually run workshops, right? So yes. these are the these are the these were the opportunities that we can see. Uh, and a, a lot of uh, it's a two way, it's a win win benefit, a win win situation. If I if I see so because we have we also we also have volunteers who run the workshops, right? So, uh, on one end, students will be able to understand more about you know the exposures to to opportunities post SPM. We already run one workshop, which is the exposure, which is an exposure workshop to uh towards the, their pathways after SPM, mm. and that is one. So uh, students get to learn more about the opportunities from the volunteers and oh. uh, the materials that we prepare. And on the other end, right, you know, vice versa, uh, people from especially rural areas, uh, urban areas, you know, like the volunteers, right, who mainly from urban areas, they get to see, you know, understand a little bit more about uh, um, the, the situation in the underserved communities. And eventually, you know, they, they are able to build up the this empathy you know, uh, mindset, you know, that, that they can yes. utilize in other aspects of life. So I do see this as a very uh, meaningful, very powerful, uh, you know, tool to, to, to change our communities in the education field. Yes, definitely. And thanks for the contribution to, to all the places that need, desperately needed these resources. And just um, saw an interview um, from New Straits Time there. Um, actually, this program benefited 3,000 students in numerous countless um, school. So congratulations, yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you. Here's a uh, difficult questions for you that yeah, I was sure. so intrigued, you know, because 
I look through um, your profile and your main idea, you are a strong believer of knowledge is free, right? Yeah. So um, I came across with an idea where there is a gray area of knowledge is free. When mm -hmm. knowledge is free, uh, we have website like SciHub and we have website like Zach Library, which just give access to, um, you know, everyone just download the books for free there. But at the same time, it might erode the copyright or the, or the royalty claims of the author. So could you just share your opinions or your stance in right. these kind of situations? No, thank you for sharing uh, and, yeah, and prompting this, you know, very provocable and you know thought-provoking uh, question yeah so i i do see that you know in this way uh i'm on the left side you know we let's split it into two sides right like you said uh one side is you know uh you know vowing for knowledge is free you know I, all knowledge should be free you know shouldn't be charged on the other end is another side where we talk about copyrights where you know uh, we can monetize our knowledge right so of course um there isn't the right answer so to me personally, uh, coming from my background, I do believe that to a certain extent, knowledge should be free, right? So um, for instance, a lot of open source software like Google Maps, you know, if they don't make it free for people, uh, okay, we need to make certain knowledge to free to be free to progress the society and uh, and uh, so and uh, humanity, right? So mm. for instance, Google Maps. Without Google Maps, it, it will be a you know a nightmare for disaster. For us, right? Yes. So, I couldn't imagine back then, you know, my parents had to drive without Google Maps, you know, while just looking at the 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 the, the, the signboards, and you know how how bad our you know signboards are in Malaysia, right? So, <laughs> so you know that that, that was the yeah. case, right? So, uh, I do believe that you know to a certain extent we need free knowledge, and I don't deny that you know uh, in order to make a living, still we are living in a, a capitalism world. We need money to survive. Mm. You know, we need a certain amount of money so that we can live sustainably. So yeah. I think the keywords uh, here is sustainable uh, and su sustainable, right? So what I believe right. eventually is, you know, to enable this system whereby uh, to a certain extent, people can contribute whatever amount of money they really believe in to the person so that the person can live sustainably. So yes. I find it quite interesting is uh, the pay as you wish model. Yeah. Right? So to a certain extent, you know, people can pay the amount that they thought it's, it's worth. Yeah, like buy me a coffee. Right. Yes, yes, correct. And uh, people uh, who receive it, you know, can uh, can um, can receive it in the in the sense that they can he or she can live sustainably, you know, right? Mm. So but this is a uh, this has a lot of I, I this seems very ideal, but there's still a lot of you know practicality uh, issues, right? So the yeah. supply side, well uh, on the supply side, you know, people want to get rich. Right, so you know, so that I can achieve financial freedom. On yeah. The demand side, people might not want to pay you money. You know, if I get, I can pay you for free. Why would I mean if I can get it for free? Why would I pay you a single cent? Right. So, so that is uh the community. You still need to share this awareness and all to to, to the community so that people understand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I like the answers and because this is not a yes or no questions. And you mentioned about sustainability, and I just think of. There are so many sectors that are facing a similar dilemma, like the fishing sector, we can't overfish, but we still need the supply of fish or let's Correct. say yeah. environmental conservation. We need development, but we can't just like over deforestation. All right, mm. right. We're going to change a little bit of uh, topic. Um, so 
besides being um, the founder of the project at you are also, I was so intrigued by your experience in becoming a U.S. exchange student, <laughs> which is because as local university student, yeah, I'm from UKM. So, you know, um, all, the, uh, all the local university students have this kind of dream is to travel to the other world, especially to the Europe or the Western world um, in the name of student exchange. So we could pay the least, but we still enjoy the privilege of traveling. So yeah. could you just share to us how actually you get there and how can we actually get there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm asking on behalf of, I believe, all the local university students. No, absolutely. I would be happy to share this opportunity called the Wisely Academic Fellowship. Yeah. She has two parts. So one is the academic and another one is the professional fellowship. All so right. just Google up uh, Wisely, Y-S-E-A-L-I. So uh, academic fellowship, it, it's, uh, it's a rather easy to uh, rather easy search. Mm. So this uh, this was a, a program that I participated. Uh, it was a five or six week. I forgot. I think it's a five week program where I get an exchange opportunity to to the US. I was based in uh, Arizona uh, at uh, Arizona State University. It was a it was a program whereby you know uh, my theme is under social entrepreneurship and economic development. Yeah. So it's actually an opportunity for me to understand a little bit more about the social entrepreneurship scene in, in, in the US and right. a lot of uh, personal development and uh, skills to be taught uh, during the five, six weeks uh, in, in the US. Mm-hmm. And we got to explore uh, many, many different uh, 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 site visits with uh, you know areas with uh, site visits and also uh, we got to go to different parts of the US also. Right. How long have you been there? In this student exchange program, uh, f- sorry, say again. How long have you been there? Like, how long is the program? Uh, five time? to six weeks. Five to six weeks. All right. Yeah. Okay. So you have mentioned like um you're joining the wisely um program, right? If I didn't, yep. all right. Yeah, okay. that's correct. Yeah. So is it applicable to uh, like every student's local university can apply that? Yes. Um, it is uh open for all. Uh, but a catch here is that um students should or uh, are heavily involved in, you know, uh, certain topics like social entrepreneurship, uh-huh. or they do have an issue that they care about and have shown uh, certain, you know, certain experience slash uh, initiatives, you know, right. actions to be done to, to actually, you know, to, to care, to show they actually done something in the topics that they care. Hence, you can apply uh, to, to, to this fellowship program. Yeah. Right. Thanks for the sharing. You know, mm-hmm. I was so impressed that at your age, you're already thinking, oh, I'm going to go social entrepreneurship program where I'm still playing badminton in, in the hall. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I do spend a lot of time playing badminton. <laughs> I think that's the level of exposure. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah, All right. Yeah. But good to get exposed now. Okay. Yeah. And also, I have read about you. Um, You have been a student, I mean, I, I'm not sure is it a student exchange or you are just studying in UK and also in France. Okay, yep. you have the experience in staying there. Could you tell us the difference of really studying abroad in this country compared to in Malaysia and yep. either in tertiary or secondary will do? Right. Yeah, so I spent uh, two years in Malaysia in my university and two years in the U- uh, one and a half years in the UK and six months in France. Mm. So I could share a little bit about, you know, all my experiences uh, in, in three different countries, right? So first thing first, uh, Malaysia, let's talk about Malaysia, right? So I think Malaysia is a good place where you can, uh, where you start off your university and you get to understand a little bit more about uh, 
well, I mean, you get closer to home. Let's let's put it that way, right? Yeah. So when uh, when you start off university, it's a mini adult world, right? So uh, it sometimes you just don't get used to how independent it, you should be, and hence uh, when closer to home makes you able to you know to to actually go back to home and get some food, you know that that some home food and whatnot, right? That 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 some uh, emotional feelings that you know that can be filled up. So this is the good side, right? So and the not so good side is that you know, uh, you might get this uh, emotional attachment whereby you you might not wanna be able to get ex- as independent as possible. Okay, right? that's so, about the social life part, like independent. Mm-hmm. But what about you know in the classroom? In the classroom, right. about the teachers and how the syllabus was constructed. Because, yeah, yeah, please no, for share. Sure. Um, yeah, so. I would I would share with you right academics wise uh knowledge is knowledge um you know when let I, I study engineering right so um all this math and physics stuffs are are the same all the laws are you know are, are the same so it's just that how the way they they thought right so uh, it's make it different and uh, so uh, I think my journey in the, in the Malaysia uh, university journey in Malaysia it was more of a smaller classroom science and a lot of mm. uh theoretical stuff right so a lot yeah. of uh, theoretical stuff to be taught a lot of uh, i wouldn't say boring but you know uh i would say letters and you know uh numbers heavy uh curriculum right that you need okay. to do you know understand right so yeah uh back in the uk uh similar not to that extent because it was, it was third and fourth year already a lot of applications to be done so i, I built we built uh well my last year final year project i built a uh, you know, industry science um, a drone, a VTOL, vertical yeah. takeoff and landing drone that we we deliver, uh, we, we plan to deliver. I mean, the aim is to deliver medical supplies across the Hampshire region, which is mm. where Southampton really uh, So it's, there's this island which is so uh, secluded from the, the, the main uh, UK region, right? So we, we plan to use that to deliver medical supply and pathology okay. samples across. So that was the, and we, we received some grants to do that. So uh, yeah, that was the quite interesting in terms of application. And back in France, even more, you know, uh, you know, f- even more freedom to to be to be granted, right? So, uh, they are so first thing first, uh, Fran- French students, uh, university French universities, especially the engineering ones, they yeah. focus a lot on uh, uh, strong strong fundamentals of theories. Uh, they 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 love metrics because metrics was uh, uh invented by you know I think one of the French uh, mathematicians. So they yeah. love metrics so much. So if you don't have a strong fundamental of uh, math and physics, you you will be screwed. So with that strong fundamentals, they apply a lot of stuff. So hence you'll be able to you, you put a lot of uh, emphasis on the application side. So okay. yeah, uh, I I will um sorry to interrupt because I have um I've been to travel to um I mean UK and I've seen through um one of my friends um syllabus he's studying in University of Oxford and I just realized it's kind of sync with what have you done in the final year project you have made a drone to deliver the medication and it just made me realize of how the world have actually changed after the pandemic you know not just about medication but you know Amazon is trying to use this drone to deliver parcel to, to every one of us, to deliver food to every one of us. Mm-hmm. So how would you actually see this COVID pandemic has shaped our education system in Malaysia? And especially that we know 
um, now the majority of the class is actually conducted online, all right? And is Malaysia ready for this? And how would you reimagine the whole education system in Malaysia in the next five years? Right. Yeah, no, if I were to share this, uh, if I were to, you know, uh, share this, I think it will be one word. It's a lot of uh, self-learning. So education hasn't has changed so much that uh, we are now not depending on uh, on universities anymore, right? So yeah, uh, and the the things, the curriculum, and the you know the whole market is changing so so rapidly. So in the case that you know what you have learned in university is might not be applicable when you come out uh, after four years, three years of mm. university, right? So things have changed. Hence, the ability to self learn quickly is the key is the skill set to learn so learning how to learn is a very important skill set nowadays and i think mm-hmm. uh, being able to catch the you know the essence of and the concepts easily and quickly to, and apply them that will be the key for for future and how can we you know is it and and i think that is where the education will be in you know in the next five years there will be more and more uh self-learning programs, you know, more and more upgrading, you know, up- upscaling programs that you can learn from. And, you know, you can even have a lot of opportunities to learn different, different stuff. Let's say you're engineering, you can also learn arts, etc. cetera, et cetera yeah. that will give you a holistic and, you know, more overall understanding of the world. Yeah, like so, a Khan Academy. I yes, like that so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, can, you can just like take a degree in the Khan Academy. Absolutely, yeah. So I think that, that will be the... And, and that comeback... That's, that comes back to one thing, right? Which is the mindset. And are you someone who is willing to take the extra mile to do it? Yes. Right? So that comes back to exposure and also the, the ability and the execution wise, you know, would you want to do the extra mile so that you'll be able to get the hit or be able to, you know, to, to, to yeah, to, to get the yes. hit of, uh, of, of, of the market, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. You know, I think about the extra mouse, it's not just about um, the, the difference of rural and urban. Even with YouTube, you can actually be a master in photograph, like editing, editing video. Yeah. Any, but some choose to use YouTube as p- mere entertainment, but some use it as tools. It, I yep. think that just justify your answers with what means by the exposure. Yep. Right? And Absolutely. about the self-learning things, I, I was also... Um, I actually form of one of the metaphor by one of the CEO. Um, it says, um, in this 21st century, we should act like USB drive. So it means like we need to have the adaptability and also the flexibility to just change yourself and to be added, just adapt to any environment when you reach to different laptop or computer, if which means by working environment. Yeah. All right. I think um, we are nearing to the end of the podcast. Last question for you. Since that it is um, challenging and the things are changing so fast in after, especially after this COVID pandemic, mm. any advice to all the current university students, if it were you now, all right, just, just, just think of few years back, what are the suggestions that you hope that you could get? Right. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, let, I, I, will, I will share something which is more general, right? Uh, you yeah. know, something related to life, I see. Uh, which, you know, university is just a, a few years of your life. Hmm. But eventually what you're living is a life, right? So uh, here's a quote that I really love, uh, that I would love to share with everyone. So it's by Rumi, a poet. 
Yeah. Um, it, it says that, you know, yesterday I was so smart. I wanted to change the world. Today I'm so wise. I want to change myself. So right. what this means really is, you know, understanding about yourself is key. Uh, before you do anything, right? It, it's, it's so, so important that, you know, the choice is more important than doing. So understanding yourself allows you to make the right choice, at least choice that you won't regret and you, you will abide with by your values, right? So understanding yourself, you know, who know who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, your values particularly, uh, and, and how you want to, you know, contribute and shape your own life. So think about it as a, you know, 70, 80 years of life, right? And how would you see yourself when you, one day you pass away and how, how, how would that environment be like, you know, how have you contributed? So with that, uh, that allows you to see the world in a more long-term journey rather than just a short term. I just want to graduate it and I just want to graduate and, and get a job. Right? So I think this is a key. And uh, last but not least, enjoy your life, you know, have fun. Uh, always, you know, what we, what we strive for should be a fulfilling life full of happy, sad, regrets, you know, and all, all kinds of emotions that makes you a holistic person. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, by that, by knowing who are you, by shaping your future, which means you need to get exposure, which yeah. means you need to get the extra miles, which means mm -hmm. that you can't just see the short term, um, can't just see short term, I want to graduate, but you have to take the extra miles to extra efforts in determining even if you need to change the cost. Even change cost might cause a short-term pain, but it might benefit you in long-term because you are doing what you like. Yep. I just like how everything's connected back in dots. Thank you, Nelson, for joining us Thank today. Thank you. Thanks, Xiao.